0: Hello and welcome back to episode 17 of the Casual City Fans podcast with me, the Casual Stoke City fan, and as ever, I'm joined by my co-host,
1: the Casual City Fan, and this week we'll be going over and analysing the Euro 2020 final,
0: as well as reviewing our whole tournament predictions.
1: So Stoke fan, what talking points did you get from the Euro twenty twenty final?
0: Well, I'm sort of I mainly on a tactical basis. So before the game, I was thinking, how do I think this is likely to pan out? So I was looking over at some previous matches, um, some select matches between or in the in the Euros of um, matches of England and Italy, who are obviously in the final and. In case you've been living under a rock, Italy won on penalties after 1-1, after added extra time. But anyway, so I was looking at some choice matches from the Euros, like the England-Germany match, for example. I'm trying to have a think about how England and Italy would play and set up. And what I um, thought would happen and what did happen is that England would play, like they did against Germany, a system with wing-backs, two were holding midfielders and three attacking players, um, a striker, a left winger, a right winger, in kind of like a 5-2-3, 3-4-3 three, three, three kind of formation. And what I gleaned from that is that England are going to press up front, they're going to win balls back up high, and um, ha- have lots, but then win balls up high. Simultaneously, they're going to have a lot of defensive players back. Wing backs will then stretch the play high and wide in attack and get crosses in. Uh, and for Italy, I thought that in their sort of 4 3 3 formation, they'd also press high wind ball back. But I noticed that their goals came from individual brilliance um, and making sort of making runs, individual brilliance, quick passing, and making runs through the defence. So what I realised then is that England have a brilliant opportunity here because I also saw that England were, qu- um that Italy, pardon me, were quite vulnerable from um, balls into the box to behind the line of defence. So I wrote, this is a quote, uh, before the final I wrote this, both teams will press um, and if England are courageous, run with the ball and get balls in from behind, they can score. And if they have a large amount of people back, they can snub Italy out and stop the individual brilliance. And I think that's quite a good analysis because quite frankly, that's kind of what happened. Would you agree?
1: Yeah, definitely in the first half, I feel like Italy were closed out of the game. England played very well and obviously they got that lead so quickly on from the full, from the wing-backs, which just worked brilliantly. It was just overlapping on both sides and just Luke Shaw with a brilliant finish, to be fair to him. It wasn't the easiest of goals to score, but he took it away nicely. And England then were on the front foot for most of that half. I feel like they played the better football, they had more confidence, they had more of the ball they were the more threatening side and that's but then in the second half I feel like they dropped a bit they went back to their passing at the back they weren't trying to get the ball as much trying to win it and just play with it they were being more conservative with the ball and that's where Italy could win the ball from the field and they could they were being allowed to attack they weren't being closed out of the game and I feel like one aspect of Italy which they've been doing quite well is their set pieces have been brilliant they they have been very good from corners, free kicks. They've always put balls into the danger. It's always made a chance to score, always created chances. And that's where they got their goal from. A man running front post, flicking it on, and then a bit of a scrappy goal in the end, but it did finish in the net. And it came from the initial run-in from defender at the front post. And I feel like Italy have been very good. They've been good tactically as well, because they haven't just been doing the same thing. They've tried a bit of different tactics with their set pieces and they have a lot of them have resulted to goals and they've been really good with them.
0: I think the set piece comment is important because if you think about it, England's game plan did really work. And um and it was only and it was only the lapse in concentration um on the set piece, which I'll come back to that led to them conceding a goal. Because you're right, they had full backs and the wing backs high and wide and you saw that um there was another chance as well that Shaw Sure, created where it sort of flashed across the box from him being high and wide. Anyway, when they had those men back, they did, even in that second half, when Italy were pushing a lot, um, as you rightfully pointed out, they had a lot of, sort of players back. And that really did, as I said, snub out Italy. You saw when Insigne was forced to run right to the byline and then had an impossibly tight shot that Pickford saved. Or Chiesa had a chance, but he ended up sort of just running across the box and Pickford saved it. They had, in both those cases, two or three players around the ball um, and around the man as well, obviously, um, that, that stopped those from being really, well, stopped them from, from, from Italy from scoring. But ultimately, Italy wanted it more. And you saw that in the second half when they were attacking, but also in that set piece. And do you remember my two, I think it was two rants about Tottenham defending that we did, or I did, during a Premier League season? Yeah, how could I forget? Uh, well, I feel... I have similar feeling about the England goal. Have you watched it back?
1: It is. it is. A, I have watched it, yeah. it's The ball is bouncing a bit everywhere, so the defenders need to do better. John Stone, I think, is it John Stones needs to get in front of his man. McGuire, I think. But then again, it's such a brilliant save from Jordan Pickford. He's initially got them out of trouble. It's just that the ball's bounced back to the to Benucci who's managed to hit it in, but it, it, defending wasn't great. There should have been probably a taller person at the front post as well to try and beat... Who was it? Who was it in the front post? Was it a Serbi? No. To whoever's on the front post, they needed to be... They didn't get there. He got the ball, and that's the initial... That's how the chance started, because the England defence, they, they were just all over the place in that corner. They... It was like they were just muddled up. They didn't have a man. They weren't marking anybody because of the set piece was kind of changed. It was thrown in there. It was different, and it just—I think it caught England off, off
0: surprise. I think you're right. They were totally—they were totally lacklustre, and at least they were—they were marking men, not like Tottenham who were marking zones only. But it was just really poor because um, I think just before I get onto it, Jordan Pickford, as you say, Jordan Pickford made a brilliant, brilliant save. And he wasn't perfect this tournament. You know, he was a bit rattled at times, but generally he was really bob off. But the, the corner was, was terrible. The first header, first ball was won by Italy. That was flick across the box. The second ball then was won again by Italy. So that's two balls in a row Italy have won. That was Verratti heading it um, back, sort of in towards the six-yard box. The third ball, oh no, the third ball was the header by Verratti. So it's three in a row. That um, Italy have won. England haven't got a look in. That's the shot that goes on goal. Pickford, brilliant save. Comes out now. This is the fourth ball. And Italy win four balls in succession. Maguire let Benucci go. Benucci ran just past Maguire. I mean, it's hard to go with a runner at such close range, but, you know, Maguire was the man and Benucci got off him. So Benucci goes in and wins the fourth ball in succession. He, and and that's that goes in and it is and it is close it's close range it's difficult to say, Pickford's done a great job and his defenders have let him down and I'm sure he let them know that. Um, but he's ran past Maguire um, and Rice. Italy battled they really battled in that corner for the match after that again. It depends, but four balls in a row England let go. That is that's not acceptable. And Euro fine.
1: No, I, I do agree. And I think we should also talk about the difference in England's intensity between the Denmark game and the Italy game. In the Denmark game, in the extra time, you could see even when they were two on up, they were getting the ball and they were running for the hills. They were trying to do something with it still. They had so much energy. In comparison with in, in against the Italy game, they were just playing for penalties. They weren't trying, they were just hanging on there, digging in deep, just trying to get the ball, not even trying to attack with it where Italy were were England. They had loads of energy and Denmark, who were playing for penalties in their game, was playing the same as how England played. And I think they lost their intensity. And that that's why England played that's why when England play with intensity, they play so well. That's how they played against Ukraine and they scored four goals. They're really good.
0: And they need to keep up it, not let it slip. And that's where the opposition I think you're totally right in saying that. And the Italy, um, the England, pardon me, were playing for penalties because they were. The sort of oomph had gone out of the England side and Italy on the contrary were, were pushing really hard. And honestly, I feel that England were quite lucky to go to penalties almost because I think if Chiesa had stayed on, um, he got injured. If he'd stayed on, I'm, I feel confident he would have made a chance and they wouldn't have even had the chance to take it to penalties. would He would have forced the goal essentially.
1: And also feel like Gareth Talfgate, he has to look at himself. He had two brilliant wingers in Rashford and Sancho, and he didn't bring them on until until the last second, really, of the game. And he should be bringing them on straight into extra time. He had the subs. He couldn't make the subs because he didn't make them. And they're two fresh players. Half an hour isn't going to kill them. They're still going to be able to take penalties. I and mean, they really needed... They're just then boosting the energy in the team. They can just run with the ball. Maybe, like, he wasn't... It wasn't like he was not putting them on because he wanted to keep penalty takers on because he brought them on anyway. He needed to bring them on earlier, especially with about 10 minutes to go when the game, it's lying on an edge and you need to bring on fresh players to try and get the ball, try and create a chance. And that's what England didn't do in the last 15 minutes. I don't think they create any sort of chance. They weren't near the Italy box. Italy were the ones with the ball. They were the ones pressing them and they were the ones looking more likely to score. And as you say, it was a, a shame that Chiesa to go off because he'd been brilliant all game he'd been brilliant these knockout stages one of the star players but he was he didn't get young player of the tournament but we'll get onto that later
0: i think it's a fair comment that the substitutes could have been could have been utilized in a better way but ultimately i do feel that england's game plan worked out because they created goals and chances from open play and they snubbed out italy apart from moments of Lapses, should we say, in concentration and in that corner, and and sure, Italy were dangerous, but they didn't score parts in that corner. So I think that Southgate's game plan did did go to plan apart from the lapse in concentration. But I mean, let's take a step back, and we can bash England all we like for their performance in the final. But ultimately, they they did perform quite well in the final. I think that one one is a fair result, and um, their game plan was almost working it just didn't they lacked the luck maybe or they lacked the concentration in one particular moment and it was really bad defending for that goal but they they performed well in the final they can be proud of themselves notwithstanding the penalties which and the, the aftermath of the penalties as well which is totally totally horrible that is the problem is that needs they thought it out but England can still be proud of their performance in this euros
1: yeah they were they were very good, especially in the latter stages. They looked more better. They were playing more attractive football, and they were just they look they were getting better every game. Every game they were playing, they were looking like they had more chance of winning it because they were playing much nicer football. I mean, in that first half, they really did play well. Declan Rice is amazing in that first half. He was winning everything cleanly as well. He was in in the CDM position. He was denying the Italy midfield any time on the ball, any time for them to make those long passes or their through balls or then little ticky tack in the middle and he was brilliant Declan Rice it's just a shame that England lost their intensity in the second half where Italy picked up the intensity and they were the ones who looked more likely to score and they did score from a corner
0: yeah i think i think it's a fair way to wrap it up and on the penalties it's so hard i don't i don't think it's really worth talking about to be honest because it, you know it's however many kicks that decided the fate of the nation and it's so sad that it ended up with all that terrible, terrible It's a shame abuse. that they lost on it's
1: a shame that England lost on the way they lost, isn't it?
0: It is, and it's even worse, far, far worse the reaction that there was asked that. considering there'd been such a wave behind the players and for that to come crashing down in the way that it did on on social media is, is terrible and it's something as I say it needs sorting. But England I think I think we're right to say they can be proud, proud of their Euros and maybe, maybe next year World Cup. They
1: have, yeah, they have a World Cup to look forward to, so hopefully that'll be something for them.
0: So, in this part of the show, we normally comment on predictions, uh, sort of match predictions that we make every week. You can see them on Instagram at the Casual Football Fans Podcast whilst there is football in action on. But in the absence of predictions, barring the final, which, uh, well, neither has got right, um, we are going to comment, review the predictions we made in an earlier podcast about the whole tournament. We did a preview show kind of thing, predicting some of the team and individual awards and failures that we thought were going to happen. And we are going to review them. And well, it's fair to say that the casual city fan showed who's boss by absolutely bossing his predictions. So if we go through them in some sort of systemic way, um, I must ask, casual City fans, who did you predict as the winner of Euro? Oh, well, I, I, I don't know if I can
1: remember. I think, I think it was Italy, wasn't it? I think you're right. You know, I the think big you, I think that I have, Italy's unbeaten run, which is still intact. There's thirty-five games, I think, now unbeaten. They were twenty-nine at the start, and they just haven't haven't looked like they're going to lose. Except maybe in the first half of the English match, but they've been very good, and they. I did not think they'd performed this well. They've been the top team by far, really. i say overall in tournament, they've dominated big games because I guess you can say they've had much, a much harder run than England have. They've played um, Spain and Belgium in their games where England only really had to face Germany, which is a, an easier tie for England. And I think Italy, they've been brilliant in the midfield, in the attack, in the defence, and the goalkeeper's been amazing too. And they've been the best team, man. I'm just happy that I predicted them to win, and I I want to remind you who did who did you predict to win?
0: Well, before we get onto that unfortunate mess, um, I just want to say it was a brilliant prediction, and especially because it wasn't even like you said it after pundits were touting them as dark horses. Personally, I heard you predict them before the pundits, so.
1: Um, well, I remember
0: I just it. saw I just
1: saw one post, and that said they had an unbeaten, and I thought. That's interesting. And then I looked at Italy's team and their result, and I thought, they could do this. They've got a brilliant squad, and they really do. They've scored that gels, and they've been... I just think that and beating them is so important that by winning so much, you forget about losing, and you just have this mentality to win, to win all the time. And that's what they've done. And they've they won 35 games, and beating Mancini's been brilliant, and they just, they just dominated the Euros.
0: Yeah, I think the, the point about the mentality of them beating runners is important. And you saw that in the second half. That it was like, no, we don't lose matches. And Mancini, as you <laughs> say, has been classed as well as the squad. But anyway, I suppose it's time for my um, disappointing prediction of the winner. And that is Portugal. So, yeah, I was wrong.
1: I see why you'd say Portugal. Because the squad, look, squad was what, probably one of the best on paper. Similar to France, they had insane talent, especially talent which had been performing this year. You, Bruno Fernandes, Ronaldo. You had Diaz, players who'd really step up this year, and they've had a very good seasons for their clubs. So it did look, but maybe that was the problem with the Portugal team. There was too many single stars, not enough for a team, and that's how they really obviously they had quite a disastrous game against Germany, lost four two, shipped four, which is not what a top team wants to be doing, and I think there were warning signs even from the from the first game where they they only they only scored until late on where Hungary held on they played they played portugal until they conceded three late on and i feel like portugal was never at it especially I don't. ronaldo did score five but i feel like he was never in the zone really for portugal especially in the last game against belgium he was quite frankly terrible
0: yeah they flopped Um, and I think that we were blinded I mean you say we, I mean I and other people who may have predicted them were kind of blinded by the fact of their Euro 2016 success but we must remember that they beat one team in 90 minutes in Euro 2016 Very true So yeah, that that was, it wasn't necessarily a bad decision but it was a bad result Um, Moving on then, early exit I had I had Spain, Spain didn't exit early, Spain did better than expected. And I had Germany, who Germany round of 16. I would say it's an early exit for Germany, especially how, yeah,
1: no, but they were on the especially in the group stage as well. They were on the brink of early exit in the group stage, if you like round of 16 as well. I think it is we can count it as an early exit because they nearly went out on the group stage and then they didn't really put up much of a fight against England. England outplayed them in every aspect they didn't play very well and they just I say round of 16 for a team like Germany who's used to winning they've got a very good squad once again brilliant on paper they should be doing better really
0: That is very kind of you thank you I will take that very much
1: Because I also put Germany's early
0: (laughs) Ah I see okay Well we can both be right we can both award ourselves (laughs) correctness yeah, yeah.
1: <laughs> no, but I do feel like because they, especially in the group stage, they nearly went out when they went one nil down and then two one down again. And we'll go back to that game because you know I might have predicted that as well. But I feel like Germany it is an early exit for them. They had they should have done better, especially with the motivation that their manager is last tournament and obviously I just don't think round sixteen is good enough for such a top tier top tier nation.
0: Yeah, and it's fair to say that although there were. They weren't brilliant expectations of them, I think, especially in Germany. Um, round 16 is worse than it should be. But do you say Joachim Lowe, their manager, who was since you know, Euro, 20, uh, Euro 2020 was his last last dance with them, would be motivated? But I just don't think... My reasoning was that having, knowing it's going to be your last isn't always conducive to a good result. And we kind of saw that. But um, underachievers, this is so bad. Mine's really bad. Um, Let's hear
1: your underachievers,
0: England.
1: eh? England. Oh, well, that is,
0: that is quite The poor. final, that is quite quite bad. That,
1: that is I very bad. They were going to
0: fail under the weight of... Because say they got to... All the, the
1: pressure, yeah.
0: Say they got to the quarterfinals. People could have counted that as an underachievement. Um,
1: but you can't say the final because they've but been... But the
0: final was... An, honestly, been the
1: second best team yeah. in the tournament and that isn't an yeah. underachieving by far no, they because they've been very well
0: it was a it was a very bad result for me there what who were your underachieves?
1: mine wasn't bad it was it was belgium actually because belgium yeah. once again golden generation they have a brilliant squad and they they still lack the final hurdle really they've been stuck at this quarterfinal stage for a bit they especially in the last series they lost to wales this year they lost to italy you did we did end up winning it but they looked good, but they didn't look the best team. But I feel like it wasn't the best prediction. They did, they did do better than I thought. I thought, knowing Belgium, they could have gone out earlier, especially if they lost to Portugal, just because they always seem to crumble under pressure.
0: I think quarterfinals for Belgium, it, it's
1: not... It's not but what I they think... want, but I think yeah. it's, be- it's not bad. I, it does, I don't really think i got that prediction right. But my next prediction, I feel like I've done quite well.
0: And we both over- done
1: well. We both done very well. So who is so your? Over-
0: well, okay. So mine was the Czech Republic, who, who had a brilliant run. Um, you know they didn't get to the semi-finals, but for a team like Czech Republic, who the Czech Republic, who people weren't talking about as potential overachievers, as a dark horse based solely off of Susek, Susek and Sufal, who were brilliant, by the way, especially Sufal, best right back in the Premier season. Um, but it was a correct prediction. They they played, they really outdid themselves. They they ran like crazy, they showed great team spirit. I feel that like I coming out
1: of their group by itself would have been no achievement.
0: Yeah, if it was they really really, really well done to them, and uh, especially since I predicted an overachievement, and yours was equally as good.
1: Yeah, I, I over I predicted Denmark to achieve. Denmark had a good squad and they made it to the semi finals, which you know, I'm, I'm also quite happy with that prediction. I feel like that's very well. I didn't I didn't think they'd do this well actually. I thought maybe quarter final bound, but I thought thought like Denmark had a nice looking well rounded team and they did and they played very well in terms of their games. They they scored early on and they held on to the games and the Wales games they absolutely tore oh. us to a bit, especially in the second half where
0: it was just embarrassing. They were brilliant. It was so They'll embarrassing be. the Wales Denmark game as Wales fans that we are because the last two goals in the red card it wasn't necessary it was just totally rash and the, the third goal that we conceded was so poor and it just we just capitulated and it was so disappointing for Wales for us to go out in that way it's so uh, sort of dehumanising and it was such a bad performance and two nil would have been fine but four nil and a red card it's just not we didn't recommend ourselves well no. at all
1: but Denmark did play very well they played yeah. from the start they outplayed us there was some individual brilliance from Kasper Dolberg who yeah. went on to play equally as good as the last game in the Czech Republic game so he's been brilliant but I think now we move to our individual awards really we and, do. uh, I don't think I've done this is where my talent is dropped off a bit in, in these first two play of <laughs> the tour. I went for an Italy player because I thought obviously they were going to win. I went for Immobile, and he he didn't play as great as football. He I thought like he'd be scoring more. He'd be the the attacking attacking threat in the Italy team. He'd be a poacher. He'd be scoring. more. And he, I think only did he only score twice, or did he score three times in the end? He didn't. He didn't play as well. And he was a a bit of a flop, really, compared to. He didn't even get that much game time. He kept on getting taken off at the second half and he just didn't really get a full ninety minutes and he wasn't brilliant. I feel like that was quite a bad prediction. I think it's generally it's kind
0: of I hadn't realized this, but it kind of generally accepted that Immobile isn't as good for Italy as he is for his club. No, um, he didn't. He, but but you know he's he was still part of the winning team, he was an important part of it, he was a starter. Mine was um Cristiano Ronaldo. Which he didn't get player of the tournament, obviously, but he was the golden boot, courtesy of three penalties and being five of his goals and the assisters that won it for him over um, over Shik. But play the tournament, Ronaldo. He was golden boot, so I'm I'm wrong, but I'm I'm not far of being right. Um, However,
1: Ronaldo did he didn't look his greatest. He looked he looked good in the first game. Don't get me wrong, he scored that brilliant goal with. Um... With a bunch of one, two, but I think was it what was it three?
0: Three of
1: his five goals were penalties. I think. Or yeah. Was, it, was it four. Yeah, it was three. I think. Three goals, and he just he didn't look the greatest. He looked quite slow. Really, he wasn't he? Wasn't on his um greatest. But he did. He did score five. One assist. So, I think it's a fair a fair result. It isn't it? Isn't a bad prediction by far.
0: Yeah, and then moving on to the Golden Boots, which I again got wrong. I predicted Lukaku, who didn't get the Golden Boots. Um, but he was in the team of the tournament. So, again, you know, it's sort of a hard... I feel like this is where we shouldn't, we shouldn't
1: really speak to me about my uh, Golden Boot Beat. prediction. Beat. Is, uh, this is the worst one. I, he scored zero goals, got zero assists. It's Kylian Mbappe. And I thought, I really thought France would get further this year. I thought they had a really good squad, especially... It just looked that like the squad was getting better and better. And especially when they got the draw, I thought, oh, Switzerland, that'll be a good game. They could win that. And they, they lost on penalties. And had been he'd been... Yes, he scored twice, but they were this loud. So I don't think... It could have been worse people to choose, but obviously he missed the decisive penalty... And he just wasn't great. He wasn't on his best. And he, he didn't even score one. So I think it was quite a terrible prediction. Not in hindsight, but looking back at it now, Mbappe scored zero. But I thought, I because thought, he, he normally scores quite a lot for France, he's normally the one tapping them in or just making the goal. But I thought with Mbappe, looking when the start of the season, he's just always in there in the goals with France. He's always scoring, getting assists. And I thought he could get quite a lot of goals hit if france go far but i think that was the problem france didn't go far mbappe was quite wasteful he was his finishing boots weren't clearly on yes as i mentioned he he scored two goals which were disallowed for offside but he just he just wasn't his best and he the france team on a whole i feel like they weren't on their best except for a couple of individual players and they were just quite poor in general
0: That's the longest way i've ever heard anybody say i'm wrong to be honest <laughs>
1: I was wrong, but didn't. in hindsight, like, looking back, yeah, it wasn't wrong to think of it.
0: No, it wasn't wrong to think, but it, it was just, it wasn't a great tournament. Um, no. Young player tournament, redeem yourself.
1: So, I didn't get it spot on, but I was close. I said Kieser might be young player tournament. I remember in the group stages, I was looking at the first two games, and I saw he didn't play a minute. I was like, oh, no, I've had a shocker hit. But then he really got into the games. He played He was the one he scored an extra time in the first game scored against um spain and he was brilliant in the latter stages he was brilliant attack he was just really the counter-attack threat from case and the skill he possessed just to run past players and get a shot on target he was really worrying the defenses especially in the england game at the end end of the coming to the end of the 90 he was the one getting the ball and they had about everyone was trying to get off the wall and they were terrified because he was just escaping past players and he was there's always one he'd always look to get a shot on target and I think he was brilliant and he was unfortunate not to not to get it Pedri did get it which I feel like he was also deserved because he played so many games and he just played very well I don't think in one of the 120 minutes he played he didn't misplace a single pass which is brilliant from a midfielder especially a young midfielder at 18 yeah he's a
0: Was was unbelievable when he played. He was so good, as you say, skillful, end product, ice cold celebration, winner. He has it all. Um, really, really great player. And uh, you pointed that out about him for Juventus this season. Um, and if he had been awarded player of the tournament, I don't think anyone would have complained. Um, and if he had started the first two games, then I think he would have done. Um, and it just was lack of game time really for him. But um, mine was bad. It was Mount. You know, that's just, just that. Yeah.
1: You picked. You picked the wrong player. So if you would have said someone like Saka, who, to be honest, that that would have been quite an outrageous one because not many people tipped him to start. I feel like Mount. Mount obviously got COVID, so he missed two games. Which is unfortunate for your predictions. But I feel like he was okay, but he never really got in the mix of things things. And he never was with the ball creating the chances. He was just the man in the middle and he was quite invisible in some games. I think we can agree with that. Just you'd forget a bit that he was on the pitch at some points.
0: Yeah, he was totally invisible. It was not I thought he'd start a lot more than he did, but you know, there's a lot of mixing up in the England system, changing up, which was good and which work, but it, it didn't do any good for my prediction and speaking of not doing a good prediction my um, mean prediction we predicted of the tournament, which was mean I predicted Benzema which at time looked like it was going well but he scored four goals so I really can't claim it
1: yeah he, he was he was very good at the end especially in that Switzerland game there's, he took those two goals really nicely with the little little nice little flicks and stuff and I thought he did he played well and at the start, yeah, he wasn't in his game, but I feel like he played better than people would have thought he did. He got he he started more games than I thought he would. To be honest,
0: yeah. Who was your um who was your prediction?
1: Well, this is I think this oh, is I this is the
0: best one. Yeah, this is
1: Bruno Fernandez, and this had some balls to say, especially when the game before the tournament he'd scored twice and assisted twice. I think, but I thought Bruno Fernandez. He won't be the star of the show. He won't get the ball. He won't score. He won't get assist. And he didn't even start the last two games. And I feel like he was just lacklustre and he just wasn't in the game.
0: Unbelievable prediction. Absolutely. I think
1: that was pro- that and the Italy two pre- two brilliant predictions. That I I will admit for myself. And I thought I did really well then. I got them right, and I thought I just thought Bruno wouldn't wouldn't get much game time as well because there's so much talent in that attacking thing and he, he's only coming to the portugal squad properly quite recently so i thought he might not play a lot he might not get the ball a lot either and that's exactly what happened
0: they really were five-star predictions from yourself so i can only say and i'm sure i'm joined by the audience to say congratulations um and... well
1: there's one more and i think this might oh might my even... god
0: you. This might even this might even shock the other one. So yeah, we've
1: got Sorry, a shock result. And what, what was your shock result? Um
0: um it was that Croatia would be England. We watched the game live together, along with some friends of ours who were supporting England and they were pleased. I was not. Croatia were really bad. Um and Calvin Phillips was amazing and England won. So that was totally wrong. And what was yours?
1: so my shock result you know this is, this is unbelievable fair. mine was i i was saying i was kind of slandering germany off a bit at the start start of the predictions and then when i saw they beat portugal i thought oh no might might be looking like a real tit here because they they played really well and they played brilliant thought oh they might because i I'd said that they will draw against hungary or hungary might win against germany and um, it didn't happen in the way I thought it would happen. I thought Germany would have been bad all through all way through their group stages, but Hungary were brilliant and they scored first. I thought this is good. Hungary, they got the goal, and then I thought Germany scored. And I thought oh on the end, but no, they came back again and immediately, immediately scored. It was oh, unbelievable.
0: That is my
1: my best prediction. Yeah, I think to say that the, the, one of the most. 2014 World Cup champions would draw to Hungary. Such a quite a small nation, footballing nation. Brilliant predictions for myself, I will, I will admit.
0: Yeah, you really, um, I can now say that I congratulate you and I'm sure I'm joined by the audience and they were very, very good predictions by yourself. I think, you know, with uh, disregarding, I think we can disregard all the other predictions we've made this season and say that based <laughs> off these ones alone, you are just the best at predicting.
1: I am the, the footballing genius. I give know.
0: you, I present to you the proverbial... Until the
1: Premier League season when I say that someone will get relegated and they'll get top six, but, you know, we move.
0: Oh, actually, can we just say really quickly, um, this is totally unrelated, but um, have you seen Arsenal's pre-season?
1: Oh. <laughs> no, no, no. So they lost to... I can't say Hits. the club's... Hibs. Hibberdian,
0: yeah, Hibber which is the club from Edinburgh, I think. They lost,
1: they lost 2-1. Okay.
0: And conceding a terrible goal with a goalkeeper who wasn't left. And, and they had quite a strong team as so well. Then, yeah.
1: Rangers, okay, who had just lost to Tranmere Rovers, <laughs> 1-0. I'd missed that. Yeah, they lost to Tranmere Rangers. I saw a thing and it was like um, the Scottish Championship champions losing to League 2 Tranmere. Different in quality. But yeah, and then they drew two two against them, and they were awful. And the bombing—have you seen the miss? I think it's all over social media. It was awful.
0: Arsenal have not—they've not stayed the shit, yeah. but
1: they once again they've won the kit award because their kit is so nice. I think it's what, it's what? even nicer. I love Arsenal's kit this season. Isn't nothing it's nothing special. I think it's really nice. There's a hint of blue on it. I love it. I really but, do love
0: it. Well, I'm just trying to think of a counter counterpoint have you seen barcelona's away it i really like it oh that you is nice
1: Apart i hate, the fact I, hate that badges,
0: but I don't mind that kit you know i think it looks cheap it depends i've noticed though that um yeah i don't know whether the sponsor works on it that's what i noticed
1: but yeah i think it's been a brilliant brilliant euro 2020 campaign i think there been some highs and been some lows we've Done well with predictions and I
0: feel like it's it's sad that it's coming to an end, isn't it? Yeah, it is sad. And yeah, thank you for putting me back on track there. Um but yeah, it is sad that it's it's over and as well as the European football season. So um, that concludes that concludes the Euros, that concludes the season. It has been a brilliant season and we really love making this podcast. So, yeah, that concludes this episode and this season of the Casual Footy Fans podcast. And we've really, really enjoyed making them. And we hope that you've enjoyed them too. So, if you do have any feedback on this season, do let us know on Instagram at the Casual Footy Fans podcast underscore. And stick around, we'll be back. So, check us out on Instagram and keep on listening.